Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. Isaiah chapter 58. And we're going to go to verse 3. I'm going to go ahead and give you the title. Now last week I told you that I was going to preach to a spiritually mature audience. So is this the audience? Are y'all that audience? Okay. The reason I wanted to preach to a spiritually mature audience is because we're going to deal with some subject matter today that you can see on the screen. Is that why y'all were all going, hee, hee, hee? What are we preaching about today? Fasting and prayer. So I need some real deal people here to get on board with me. I'm so excited about fasting that I've been waking up at night thinking about it. Like I've never been this excited to fast and pray. And I, I tell you what, God's going to do something. So I'll tell you a little bit about what I'm fixing to do. So next Sunday, we're going to let you get through New Year's. So go ahead and eat your peas and your cabbage. <laughs> Only old folks know what that means. You know, the old folks used to do peas and cabbage at New Year's. That was the thing. I think the new people do chicken nuggets and barbecue sauce or ranch dressing or something. I don't know. but Turnip greens. There you go. Um, I'm excited. So next Sunday, January 7th through January 28th, we're going to be doing 21 days of fasting and prayer. Okay? Cannot wait. Like, this is going to be incredible. I'm going to tell you what a Pastor Jay is going to do. I'm going to do one week praying for my family. I'm going to spend one entire week fasting and praying for my family. I'm going to spend one week of this fasting and praying for this church. And then the third week, I'm going to spend that entire week fasting and praying for the presence and the anointing of God to hit this place and to hit this city and for God to open up doors for ministry in this house that we can go out and reach the lost and evangelize, that we can go tell people about Jesus. And I'm going to pray. I'm praying for you. I'm praying you. I'm equipping you to go do that. Amen. I'm going to tell you something about this church. We're not going to celebrate titles. We're going to celebrate action. And action means I'm going to go out. I mean, think about this. Think about this. Ryan Dorman, I'm going to pick on you because I looked over at you. You don't mind me picking it. You won't get offended. What if Ryan Dorman got so on fire for Jesus during this 21 days of fasting and prayer, you filled up this entire section. You alone filled up this entire section of people that you were out evangelizing to. Lane Hammond, what if, what if you could fill this entire middle section with people that you have witnessed to, that you have showed, talked to them about Jesus? You could, you could, you say, now, if I could do that. No, you can do that. You could fill this entire section with people. Think about it. Timmy Potts, you could fill this entire section with people just because God gave you ideas and creativity and you went out and you evangelized and people are coming to church and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, getting built up and equipped for Jesus. Can that happen? Yes, it's, it's, it's going to happen. I said it's going to happen. And we're going to get on the ball. We're going to do action around here. 
And we're going to start putting, we're not going to just say words. Everybody just wants to give lip service. Don't tell me what you can do. Show me what you can do. Amen. Don't tell me what you can do. Show me what you can do. You start filling up rows of seats and you got my attention. You have my undivided attention. Amen. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to believe the Lord. And God is going to do some some amazing things. So 21 days of prayer and fasting. Everybody say 21 days of prayer and fasting. So it's January 7th through January 28th. And uh, tonight, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, this is really one message that I'm splitting into two. And we'll, I'm going to show, share more about what I'm going to be preaching on tonight over at Cornerstone at 615. Man, I'm telling you, this thing is in me, and I'm excited. I cannot wait to start seeking God. Um, I'm going to do it a lot of different ways. Luke was asking me this morning, Dad, what are you going to do? I'm going to do it a lot of different ways this year. Um, but there's all kinds of things you can do. Uh, you could, you know, fast from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I mean, you could fast lunch. You could fast breakfast. There's all kinds of ways that you can get involved. And we're going to share all about that in this message today. So are you all ready? Isaiah chapter 58. Let's jump in it. Verse 3. We have fasted, they said, and you have not seen it. We have, uh, we have, have we, why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on that day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. So what he's saying is you can fast and actually displease God because he's saying here you're doing a bunch of quarreling and fighting and a bunch of backbiting each other. And he's saying God's not going to hear you when you fast if you're doing all that kind of stuff. If you're quarreling and backbiting and gossiping and doing, God's like, I'm not hearing you. I'm not going to hear you if you're doing all that childish stuff. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Everybody say humble themselves. It is only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes. Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice? (laughs) Man, if there's not another reason to fast, there it is right there. To loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. I'm sold. I'm fasting right there. You you ain't got to pump me up to fast. All I got to do is read that one verse right there in verse 6. Verse 7, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wonder with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Praise God. Did y'all hear that? Verse 9, then you will call and the Lord will. Then you will call and the Lord will. Then you will call and the Lord will. And you will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. Everybody say, here I am. am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing fingers and the malice talk. Uh Uh-oh. If you will do away with the yoke of oppression and with pointing fingers and malice talk. And if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. And your light will become like the noonday. 
Verse 11, we'll end here. The Lord will guide you always, always. Everybody shout out always. Is that sometimes or always? He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like spring, a spring whose waters never... Like what? They never what? They never fail. So today, let's jump into this. I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about the health benefits from fasting. Now, in no way am I a medical doctor. I'm a pastor wanting to equip the sheep that God has given me. I'm an under-shepherd. He's the shepherd. And I'm wanting to equip you. And if you study the New Testament pastor, that is my job. My job is to equip you, not to appease you, not to preach to you what the Bible says your itching ears want to hear. My job is to give you and to equip you with the tools and the things that you need to be a productive believer. Can I hear an amen? So today, that's my heart. That's my goal. I am not a medical doctor. I don't claim to be a medical doctor. Uh, I am just trying to equip you the best I can. How many of you believe God cares about our well-being? God cares about our well-being. Tonight, in part two of this, I'm going to hit this more from a biblical standpoint. I'm going to give you ten primary reasons of why we fast and pray biblically And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, not because I'm special, but some of the points that I'm going to bring out tonight I've never heard in my life. I have never heard them preached on or taught on in my life. Some of them, not all of them. But some of them is fresh revelation from heaven. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, it's from the Bible. I'm going to back everything. I'm going to give you scripture references for everything I preach tonight. And I'm going to back up everything I'm saying with with biblical knowledge and scripture. And so tonight, I'm going to give you that. And I'm going to give some of these points shocked me, and I think they're going to shock you of why you should fast and pray. I'm telling you, this is revelation. Write this down. Biblical fasting is different than simple medical fasting. Biblical fasting is different than simple medical fasting. It includes both fasting and prayer. This today is not guilt or heavy expectations on you at all. It's about informing you. By all means, you need to to consult with a doctor if you have any medical conditions. And when I say that, you don't need to consult the doctor to stay off social media. Good grief. Okay, so if you're fasting social media, you don't need a doctor to tell you that you can do that. You can do that. Okay, I'm talking, when I say fasting, a lot of what I'm going to say today and tonight, I am saying it in the way of food. Okay, so we're talking about food. If you have any medical conditions, consult with a doctor. By the way, tonight, the very first thing when I start preaching, I'm going to tell you the people who shouldn't fast. I'm going to give you about six or seven people who should not fast. Okay, and I think it may surprise you a little bit there too. But when I say that, I'm talking about fasting food. Uh, When we talk about this, everything should come back to Scripture. Everything should come back to Scripture. And we have to keep our personal bias out of it and any denominational dogma that we've been taught. Okay? The Bible should be the foundation of our faith always. Always. Everybody say always. In the Bible, we see a seven-day fast, 
We see a 10-day fast, we see a 21-day fast, and we see 40-day fast. Now, the benefits that I'm going to give you here in a moment are based on, and we're talking about medical benefits of fasting. They are based on a 24-hour period of only drinking water. Before I get to that, let me define a biblical fast. So I want to make sure today, this audience in this room and watching by YouTube, that you know exactly what a biblical fast is. So when you leave here today, everybody in this room can say, I know exactly what a biblical fast is. If you're not eating and you're not praying, you're not doing a biblical fast. If you're not eating and you're not praying, you're not doing a biblical fast. That's called starving yourself to death. Okay? Fasting, this is the meaning, fasting means to voluntarily abstain from food for spiritual reasons. It means to voluntarily abstain from food for spiritual reasons. The Hebrew word is T-S-O-M. It means to cover your mouth. So a biblical fast is abstaining from food and praying. Now, pastor, what about social media and technology and all kinds of things that we can fast? Well, let me, let me address that for a moment. This is my, my opinion, and it's not every pastor's opinion, but this is my opinion, okay? And here's my opinion. I think that when we fast things like that, and, it, and let, me, let me go ahead and throw this out here, if we're going to be technical... A biblical fast is fasting food. A biblical fast is fasting food. Okay? Now what about all of these other things? I think that anything you sacrifice for God, the Bible says He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So I believe, my opinion, and and listen, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of guys that don't have this opinion. My opinion is, though, that anything you give up for the Lord and there's sacrifice involved, God pays attention. Okay? So if you want to fast social media, if you want to fast reading, a lot of people read, you know, for entertainment. They love reading non, you know, the, the nonfiction and stuff like that. Um, whatever. Whatever you're into. I don't know. But anyway, whatever you fast, whatever you give up for the Lord, He pays attention. Okay, now, that's my opinion. That's not every preacher's opinion or pastor's opinion, but that's my opinion, okay? I think it's okay. And in some cases, I think it's a very small amount of people, but I can think of two people in this room that could, could, ease, could give up food easier than they could give up other things. Now, I think that's a select few of us. <laughs> Most of us like to eat. Y'all don't look so shy. You know you like to eat. But there are some people, it would be more of a sacrifice for you to fast something else than it would be to fast food. Is that right? Now, with all of these, for example, when we talk about fasting, if you say I'm going to fast broccoli and you don't eat broccoli, come on. Or I'm not going to go hunting and hunting season is over. I mean, come on, guys. Right? But just so we're clear, and I properly teach you, those things are not biblical fasting. A true biblical fast is covering your mouth and not eating 
are abstaining from certain foods like a Daniel fast. It's, it's in the book of Daniel. It's a 21-day fast, and it's only eating vegetables, no meat. Okay? Now, <laughs> this Daniel fast is a popular fast, and the reason it's a popular fast is because you still get to eat. So it's a very popular fast, and it's become a trendy thing now to do the Daniel fast because I still get to eat. Listen, if January the 28th we get done and you gain weight, or we get done on January the 28th and you have diabetes, then we didn't properly fast. I was fasting. I was eating potato chips and ranch dressing. No, 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 no. Okay, so that's not it, all right? So a true biblical fast is covering your mouth and not eating and abstaining from certain foods. A little side note, when you fast, if you're going to fast food and you're going to do that for a period of time, make sure you're drinking pure water, pure water, not tap water because a lot of our tap water has so many chemicals in it. If you light a, lit a match, you'd burn up. So, um, so you don't, that's funny, guys. I mean, it's just funny. Okay, we can laugh. All right, so, but a lot of our tap water has bacteria in it, and if you drink that and you're on an empty stomach, it can cause a lot of problems. So you want to make sure you're drinking pure water. Everybody say pure water. You also want to make sure you're hydrated and pr- drinking plenty of electrolytes. In the Greek, the word fast means self-crucifixion or self-denial. Listen to me and listen to my heart. Fasting is not supposed to be easy. Fasting is not supposed to be easy. It is, it was not, that's not the purpose of it. It's not to be easy. In Christianity today, I am bad concerned, man. I am bad concerned. Like, this is the powder puff generation. I mean, we're powder puffs. You, you take Islam religion. Do you think they're getting, they're getting by with anything? No, they're doing, their, they're doing their rituals. They're not getting by. In Christianity, we won't tell, it's okay, bless your heart, get you a cheeseburger. It's okay. No, 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 man, that's tough stuff, man. And Christians are powder puffs. And pastors are powder puffs. And that's the reason we got powder puff people. Because we pacify them and we coddle them. And we tell you, it's okay, it's okay. The Lord loves you. Grace, grace, grace. Listen to me. This thing is tough. Did I say I was preaching to a spiritually mature audience? Christianity's tough, and we got to get tough. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. So three kinds of fast in the Bible. Here they are. Number one, an absolute fast. That's no water and no food. This is not a common biblical fast, and I would not recommend this for an extended period of time. Second fast you see in the Bible is what is called a normal fast. This is no food, but plenty of water. It is the cleansing and flushing of your system. Tonight I will tell you in part two, again, who doesn't need to do this. Number three, a partial fast. This is certain foods for a number of days. Again, the Daniel fast would fit into this category And by the way, with all of these, there are health benefits, and I want to give the health benefits to you now. And why I'm giving you these health benefits is because I want you to know God is a genius. God is a genius. 
And God is the one. It's, fasting is from the first book of the Bible to the last book of the Bible. Fasting is everywhere in this Bible. And God, I believe, as Christians, He is wanting us to fast. Because Jesus said, when you fast, when you do fast, that's what Jesus said. So Jesus was expecting us to fast. And another reason we fast is just like, you know, with the law, you know, in the Old Testament, they would even rest the land on the seventh year, they'd rest the land from farming. It means you couldn't produce a crop on the seventh year. He said the land even needed to rest. How many of you know our bodies need to rest? Our bodies can't digest food 24-7. I mean, it can, but it's not healthy. And so sometimes God wants us to just pull the plug on everything and rest. Let my body rest. My body don't need to be digesting food while I'm sleeping. I need to let my body rest sometimes. And God in his wisdom knew that, and he's a genius. And let me tell you some of the health benefits. And this is science that's doing this. They are saying this. I didn't say this. This is, this is the medical field is now getting on board with fasting. And here it is. Number one, it will not only help you lose weight, but it will, it will attack unhealthy fat when you fast. How many of you got some unhealthy fat you might want to get checked out there. Amen. (laughs) Now I want to be clear. The purpose of biblical fasting is not to lose weight. It is a side benefit, but it is not the point. Okay. Your motivation for fasting cannot be, I have a high school reunion in March and I need to lose 30 pounds. No, that is not the motivation for fasting and praying. Can I hear an amen? That is what you call carnal reasons to fast, not spiritual reasons. Fasting enhances hormone function and will naturally facilitate weight loss, lower insulin levels, and so forth and so on. Short-term fasting does not decrease your metabolism. It actually causes it to increase and attack fat cells. Here's number two. Fasting reduces insulin resistance and lowers the risk for type 2 diabetes. Man, God's a genius. If you have diabetes, definitely consult your doctor before you do anything. But anything that reduces insulin resistance will help with your sugar levels. There are many medical studies that prove this. In some cases, they're even saying it cures or could cure diabetes. Number three. Fasting reduces stress and inflammation in your body, which causes other medical problems if not addressed. And you will like this one. Fasting also helps with aging. We could all use a little help there. Number four, fasting helps helps with heart health. Mountains of studies prove this. Heart disease is currently the number one killer in the United States of America. And now the new numbers, the new numbers are off the chart. America is killing itself. Americans are killing themselves on food. We, compared to other countries, we are killing ourselves. And the percentage now is almost 50% of the people are struggling with some type of obesity in America. It's happening, guys. Here's one. Where was I at? Was I on heart health? 
Okay, heart health is the number one killer. More people die of heart-related issues than any other type disease. Number five, fasting is being, dis- it's being discovered, and there's a lot of studies going towards this, but they're saying now that it may help prevent cancer. Number six, fasting helps brain function and brain health. What is good for the body is also good for the brain. It helps with depression. It helps with stroke. It helps with recovery of strokes. It helps with Parkinson's disease, and it helps with Huntington's disease, and so forth and so on. How many of you could use some brain brain help? (laughs) Number seven, fasting can help lengthen your lifespan. Calorie restriction and good health are linked together. It is not God's will. Listen to me. Please listen to me. It is not God's will for all of us to be skinny, but it is God's will for all of us to play a part in being healthy. Amen. Let me say this. Biblical healing is cooperative. Biblical healing is cooperative, meaning self-discipline and self-control are connected to your health. Now, this is... This is, oh man, this is what we do. We come to the altar and we want prayer for something and we want God to magically take it away or we go to the doctor and I want a magic pill and I want it to all go away because I don't want to have self-discipline and I don't want to have self-control. Amen? I want to come up here. Pastor, please pray for me. Pray for me. I've got emphysema, pray, please pray for me. But then you walk out of here and light one up. Amen. Pray for me, pray for me. Listen, it's cooperative. It means God's going to do his part and I'm going to do my part. God does his part, I do my part. I think it was Reinhard Bonnke. Y'all remember Reinhard Mocky, the evangelist to Africa? I think it was him that said this. He said, God goes with the goers. He doesn't sit with the sitters. God goes with the goers. He does not sit with the sitters. My dad used to say, God works with you when you work. So as you're working, doing your part, God comes along and does his part. Does that make sense? I think it's a lot like money or anything else. You have to determine how much is enough. How much is enough? What is a healthy weight? And how do I make progress towards that? Did you know gluttony is in the Bible? But do you, I dare you to go online and see how many people you can find that preach, preachers that preach on gluttony. Gluttony is a sin. Gluttony, overeating is a sin. Food plays a role in our lives. To me, this is like anything else or any other type of sin. It's overindulging. Jesus said, anybody who's willing to follow me must pick up their cross and what? And follow me. The very essence of Christianity is crucifying the appetites of the flesh. It is the essence of Christianity. Proverbs 23.2 says, overeating is like taking a knife to your throat. Job 15 says this, his waist bulges with flesh. 
Fasting is a biblical way to crucify yourself and to prove to God and yourself that you will not give in to your physical appetites and allow your physical appetites to dominate your spiritual appetites. Why do I fast? When your spirit life is healthy, everything in your life is healthy and it flourishes. It, pr- it, it, proves, it proves this. Matthew 6, Seek Him first and all, all these other things will be added. When your spiritual life is healthy, it touches every part of your life. Every part of your life. It touches your marriage. It touches your kids. It touches your finances. It touches your job. Everything flourishes when He's first. Everything. Not some things. Everything. It touches everything in your life. Everything gets affected when you're seeking God and you put God first. Your health will be better when you seek God. Can I hear an amen in this Presbyterian church? By the way, we're not Presbyterian. I pick on Presbyterian. I don't know why I do that. I just do. Okay. Everything. Everybody say everything. It touches every part. Touches every single part of your life. Third John chapter two. Beloved, I wish above all. We got that? Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest. Thou mayest. Thou mayest what? Oh, I don't believe in that prosperity. There it is in your Bible, and I can take you to a half a dozen places. You'll see that word right there. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest and be in, be in what? Health, even as thy soul prospers. So what that's saying is if your soul's prospering, you're going to prosper. Amen, church. When your spiritual disciplines are in proper biblical alignment, the rest of your world will realign around your right relationship with God. Let me say that again. The rest of your life, all of those things will realign around right relationship. Everything realigns when you're in right relationship with God. Everything realigns. Everything realigns. God gave our bodies to us, and he wants us to take care of them. The Bible says we are, right here, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. That means that one day I will stand before God, and I will give an account for what I did with this body right here. This bo- I'm not giving an account for your body. I'm giving an account for my body. What I do with this body, I will stand before God, and I will give an account. And God's going to say, what did you do with the body that I gave you? Were you a good steward of it? Did you take care of it? Did you do everything you could to be a good steward of what I've given you? That, that applies to everything in our lives. Our body, our finances, our every, everything. Everything we're going to give an account for of what kind of stewards we were. Fasting and prayer is a Christian, Christian discipline supported through Scripture that believers need to embrace. Let me say that again. Believers need to embrace this spiritual discipline. Can I hear an Amen. I don't know about you, but this is me. I refuse to allow my physical appetites to dominate my spiritual appetites. For some of us, that's the appetite to be entertained. I have an appetite to be entertained. I want to be entertained. I want to do all the things. 
I have an appetite for that. For some of us, it's the appetite to make money. It's never enough. I got to make more, got to make more, got to do more, got to do more. It's an appetite. For some of us, it's the appetite to give our kids more than what we had. <laughs> That's like putting the caboose, you know, before the engine. Like you put God first and God will take care of your kids. Like everything, everything flourishes. Everything flourishes. So I don't have to run around trying to give my kids everything that they want. And then I'm neglecting my spiritual disciplines. No, you do the spiritual disciplines. God will make up for the, the kids. Mm. Amen. It's as plain as the nose on the front of our face and we cannot see it. Mm. My goodness. Praise, everybody say praise the Lord. Here's something. My kids, what my kids need the most is for me to be healthy spiritually. That's what, that's what them little boogers need more than anything, is for me to be healthy spiritually. For some of us, it's, this, it's the appetite for substance. We're addicted to some type of substance. Well, I prayed and it's still there. What are you doing? Because God works with you. Amen. Everybody say, God works with me. Let me ask you this. What are you willing to give up? What measures will you go to? I learned this. I've got a little bit of time and I'll share this. I learned this super quick pastoring. I mean super quick. I've been pastoring 22 years and I learned this very, very quick early in my pastorate. I learned this. People say they won't help, but they really don't want help. They really don't want help. I had a guy come in my office one time. This was years and years ago early pastoring, came into my office, and he was crying, and he said, Pastor, I'll do anything to get rid of this, anything, big old tears, sobbing, oh, I'll do anything if God will just take this from me, and so I prayed for him, and man, I, man, I was like, I was, man, I got to do something, like, Lord, we got to do something, so I, I said, man, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm not just going to pray for you, like, I'm going to get on the phone, and I'm going to call some sources and we're going to get you some help. So he leaves my office and I call, I'm calling people. Hey, we got to get this guy some help. And great. And I found, I mean, God gave me, you know, sources to call and people to talk to. And I got this guy help. And so I call him and say, Hey man, come in. I need to talk to you. Came into my office. I said, man, God has answered our prayer. We've got an answer. And he said, Oh, great. What is it? And I said, I found a place that you can go to for a week and they will help you unpack what you're dealing with. And he said, I can't do that. I said, why not? He said, I only get two weeks vacation. He said, I spent a week deer hunting. And I spent a week with my family. Now you're telling me, a f two or three days ago, whatever it was, you sit in my office and you said, I'll do anything. Wish I had a baptistry back here, I'd jump in it. I'll do anything, Pastor. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to give up? I think he could have gave up deer hunting for a week, in my opinion, if he was that serious about getting rid of what was going on in his life, which was horrible. And you look at him now, where he is now, and God gave him an opportunity, and he missed it. He missed it. 
People say all the time, you know, we just need help. Our marriage needs help. Well, let me get you some help. Well, I can't afford counseling. And how much does a carton of cigarettes cost? How much does a case of beer cost? How much do you pay for subscriptions for entertainment? Now, guys, I warned you. I told you this is a spiritually mature audience. (laughs) Thank you. You must have disciplines. Listen to him, Pastor. You must have disciplines that turn down the volume knob of your life. The more you do this, the more you will hear the Heavenly Father who loves you when you turn down the volume knob of this world. And when you fast and pray, you're turning down the volume knob of this world in your flesh. And what happens is your flesh starts decreasing and your spirit starts increasing. And then it's amazing. About three or four days in or a weekend, you're going to be amazed at how clearly God starts talking to you. Why? Was he always talking? He's always talking. It's just the volume knob of the world is so loud, we can't hear him. He's always speaking. We just can't hear it. Because we, we got all this stuff. Got all this stuff. Oh, I got all this stuff. Bless God. I got to see what the, who, whoever family is doing on Facebook. And we're so, in, we're so busy that we can't hear God when he's speaking. Amen? Turn down the volume knob. Biblical fasting doesn't just give health benefits. Biblical fasting releases miracles in your life. The disciples, if you'll remember, they couldn't cast out a demon. And Jesus said, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Could it be that there are certain things that will never happen without you fasting and praying? There are some things. Could it, I don't know. I'm just asking. Could it be there are some things that will never happen until you fast and pray? Some of this stuff tonight I've never heard before. And it's in the Bible. How I missed it, I have no idea, but it's in the Bible. When you fast and pray, oh my stars, there are so many things that can break off your life. So many things. So many things. I, I got to stop. Marianne, would you come to the keyboard? What time is it? I got to stop. Everybody said, praise God, he's stopping. I'm just so excited about that. I told Daniel, I said, don't put the title on YouTube. We'll get one view. Let's end here. Before we do anything, we got to have a relationship with God. We need a relationship with God. (laughs) We need to have a relationship with God. Fasting is not for God. Fasting is for you. It's not for God. It's for you. Fasting doesn't change God. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's not changing. He doesn't change. But fasting changes you. Fasting changes you. So it's when you fast and you pray. If you don't mix the prayer part, you ain't done anything. If you're just not eating, you've got to pray. The big emphasis is the prayer part. That's the big emphasis. I think it was Sarah Dorman said, 
Y'all did a Daniel fast and you said, you know, I like the Daniel fast. You said, but you and Ryan got so concentrated on what you could and couldn't eat and prepping meals that you didn't pray. And to me, that's the same thing because you're, all you're thinking about is what my flesh needs, what my appetite needs. No, no, no. You got to pray. Everybody say you got to pray. You got to seek the Lord. So if I'm fasting from noon to one o'clock during my lunch hour, then instead of eating and being on my phone, I'm going to stop for one hour and I'm going to pray the entire hour. Well, I don't know what to pray for. Get you a piece of paper and write a list. It'll keep you on track and just start praying. And then as you pray, the Holy Spirit will start praying through you. He'll just start praying through you as you pray. But you've got to get an outline or something. You've got to have a target. We're, we're going to hit what we aim at. We're going to hit what we aim at. So we get a list and we start praying. Father, I thank you that, Lord, we're going to fast and pray and we're going to see things like we never seen. You know, Lord, I was thinking this this morning. People ask, well, what's your New Year's goals? I don't know. Ask me on January 28th. I'm not doing New Year's resolutions. Because on January 28th, I'll have my mission. I'll know exactly what I'm doing in this new year. Because, Lord, you're going to give it to me as I fast and pray. God, I thank you that in this church, Lord, families are going to be set free. Addictions are going to be broken. Man, I feel this in my spirit from my head to my toes. Somebody's struggling with temptation, and God says you ought to fast and pray about it, and I'll break that off of you. I'll break that off of you. You're dealing with sin. If you're struggling with sin, start fasting and praying. Start fasting and praying. God, I don't want this sin in my life anymore. And I'm going to break it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to break it in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.